Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, welcome to Always Hungry from iHeartRadio. My name is Bobby Flay, and I'm here with my daughter and co-host. I'm Sophie Flay. And on Always Hungry, Sophie and I gather around my stove to cook together. Well, you cook, I ask the questions and eat the food. If there's any food left, we come to the table together to share a meal, connect as a family, and tell the stories that matter to us. Dad, today we're talking about something interesting to me because we have different experiences. Yeah, something that you went to called school. (laughs) And... It's, it's school or no school, so we're both we're on both sides of this one. All right, we'll take a seat. Class is in session. Okay. So we're going to make something that you basically make the first couple of weeks you're in culinary school, which is fish en popiote, which is fish steamed in, in parchment paper. So good. You've had it? Mm-hmm. Where? Yeah, Mom used to make it a lot growing up. Your mom? Yeah. It's a really good dish because... It's something you can prep ahead of time and then kind of, you know, put it in the oven when your guests get there. And you can, it, you, you, there's lots of different renditions of it. I'm going to do something a little bit kind of 
like a little bit off the beaten path just to give it some flavor. Okay. Okay, this is, so this is Zaytar. Do you know what Zaytar is? A Zaytar? Oh, yeah. Smell it. It's so good. It's a spice mixture. Um, it's a Middle Eastern spice mixture. It has like some, lots of dried herbs, oregano, marjoram, things like that, but also things like sesame seeds and sumac. You know what sumac is? It's got, it has like a little citrusy yeah. flavor. Yeah. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna use this to to season the fish a little bit. Yum. So what I'm gonna do is just take a little bit of uh, you can use vegetable oil or canola oil, some of this uh, zatar, <laughs> and I'm just gonna mix it with some of the oil. And I'm gonna make like a very very light paste to put on top of the fish. Now. I have a filet here of rockfish. Now, I have to tell you, like, rockfish is a new thing for me. I was gonna say. It's a new thing for me, I love it. It's a, it's a West Coast fish. We didn't really get a lot of this on the East Coast. It's a dense fish, it has a really good, te really good texture to it. I, I really love it. It's flaky, it's white, it has, it has density to it. So what are you mixing together there? So this is just the za'atar and some canola oil. Okay. Okay? And I'm just gonna basically rub it on top of the filet. You see this? So it has like the sesame's running through it and the sumac Yum, and some yeah. herbs. I just wanna like I, I just want to enhance the fish. I want it to still taste like the fish itself. And then what I'm gonna do is take so I have some parchment paper here, and I'm going to I'm gonna put the fish on the parchment paper. On the parchment paper. And then I'm gonna take a little splash of wine, and the wine is gonna you know, give it some acidity, but it's also gonna help steam it. It's oh, a, right, you know, okay. It's gonna, you know, because when, when, the, when the wine gets hot in there, it's gonna steam it a little bit. Yep. And then, you know, maybe like I'll squeeze a little lemon just in there, just like that, okay? So you can put vegetables in there if you want. Yeah. What I like to do is actually steam the fish with some flavor and then maybe put like a, like a relish or a, a sauce, sauce or something like that. After. Or a vinaigrette after it comes out. I like to do it with like, Lemon slices, capers. You can do like that. an olive tapenade. You can absolutely do that. Okay, so today we're talking about school versus no school. Now, I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. This is not about whether or not people should go to school or not. They should go to school, period. And I think when I thought about this subject, even you were like, what are you talking about? I mean, I get asked all the time by young people who want to be cooks or chefs, should I go to culinary school or should I just go to a restaurant and learn? And I have to say, like, there's probably a, a significant amount of that in your field, right? Yeah, definitely. Should I go to broadcast journalism school or should I just learn on the job? I don't think it's necessarily that. I think it's should I go to school for broadcast and digital journalism or should I go to school for something else and specialize in something else, whether it be politics or medicine and then try to get a career in broadcast. Yeah, because your career is really interesting in that way because as a broadcast journalist, that can mean so many different things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean just news, right? Right. It can mean you know some specialty subject, as you said, medical, political. Public policy, I mean, you name it. There's, yeah. You know. there's, a, there's dozens and dozens of categories in yeah. that regard. So like, you could be a journalist on TV or in media and you can be like, you know, an ex-politician, for instance, you mm -hmm. know, a former senator or something along those lines. And all of a sudden you become a journalist on... A senior correspondent. A senior correspondent, exactly. Or, you know, there are people who would say, I just want to be in news in general. Mm -hmm. 
and they go to school like you did, um, and you majored in broadcast journalism. A lot of people do not take their major and then make a career out of it. You know, it's 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 un, it's almost uncommon, right? At this point, yeah. It's you know it's it's like you know when you're 18 years old, you think you would know what you want to do, and then by, by the time you graduate and you're 22, you're like, well, that was fun and all, but I'm going to do something else. Mm -hmm. So you see you see that tons. You 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 took a, a straight path. Yeah, but I definitely. I definitely had other interests, and you know that was that was one of the great things about the school that I went to. We were we were always encouraged to try out different classes and make sure you were studying what you really wanted to study, so that you didn't have any regrets later on, right? Like yeah. you could go in as a freshman and and um, you know choose a, a major, but you were always encouraged to take classes outside of your major just to make sure that you know you didn't um, you weren't missing out on following a passion of yours or just reconfirming that this is really what you wanted to do well you've only been out of school for a couple of years and you know you've you've, you've so far have taken this path from college to your your life um, uh, as an adult and you know you've sort of carried on your education sort of directly right so now mm -hmm. you're on you're on you're, you're on ABC and you're 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 a journalist in Los Angeles so I mean, do you do you feel like you had mentors in school, and or do you have mentors in the field that you work in? Like, what, what are you what are you, what are you finding? I have I have mentors that I've found while working at my job. I had mentors that were professors that are still mentors to me that I still text all the time um, and reach out to and call when I have a question or a crisis. Yeah. And I have <clears throat> mentors that I found while I was in school interning. Um, so from different, you know, um, local news stations or networks that I still talk to today. I, I, I've always sought out mentorship um, because it's been very valuable to me. And there's a lot of people I look up to. There's a lot of amazing people in my industry. Um, and I always, you know, when, when students ask me for advice, you know, I always say, you know, try to find a mentor um, that or someone that you look up to because... Um, you know, as a student, don't be afraid to reach out to people because I, I always feel like people want to help students. And then once you graduate, people aren't always interested, right? But people always want to help young people that are smart and bright and, and looking for advice that are in school. Yeah. So, I mean, some people know this story about me because I've talked about it in the past, but I, I dropped out of high school. So you and I have a very, very different educational path. <laughs> yes. Which I have to say, nothing makes me prouder than your uh, accomplishments. You know, first of all, let's take it slow. Graduating high school, mm -hmm. which I did not do, <laughs> I dropped out in tenth grade. Then you went to you know a great college, graduated college, and you flourished there. And I'll just say, like you know, like I think that you you know I, I watched you grow up there, and when I say I watched you grow up, you flourished there. Like, mm -hmm. you, you became the person that you are today based on going to school. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with your environment, the people that you meet there. I mean, you, you, your group of friends, I always, th I always call them, you know, your, your, your girls. I mean, there, there are guys too, of course. But, like, the girls that I think about that are part of your crew, like, for, that were there for four years and still are. I, I've been feeding them for six years, by the way. <laughs> they're, they're, th these people are, they're really amazing young people. Yeah. And, you know, you've been able to associate with people like that, 
and it just makes it makes you more aware and a better person and more inclusive. It's like, you know, that kind of stuff rubs off on people. So I didn't get a chance to do that. You know, I I went from from being in school in tenth grade hating school. Mm-hmm. I, I probably had some sort of lear- learning disorder of some level. I have no idea. They weren't really testing it for testing people that rigorously then. Um, I just wasn't interested or could not really learn through a textbook. Mm-hmm. I, I needed to work with my hands, and yeah. I did not know that until I started doing it. I went, to, um, I went to work in this restaurant called Joe Allen. Joe Allen is a real person. Um, he just actually passed away. And Joe Allen gave me the opportunity not only to get a paycheck. Um, my paycheck was I was um, working in, like, the salad station. <laughs> Uh, didn't you know? Didn't know how to use a knife or anything. You know, like no, no knew nothing. Right. I mean, I, first I was a busboy for two weeks, and then I, I sort of found my way into the kitchen. And my first paycheck was one hundred and ninety dollars a week, and after taxes, it was one hundred and forty-four dollars. I was like right. shocked that they took forty-six dollars out of my paycheck. Yeah. But he gave me a place to to go every day, as, in, instead of just hanging out in the street corner with my friends. And uh, in short order. I realized that I really loved going to work, and I loved working on my hands, right. and, it, and, it, and it gave me a, ch- a shot at life, really. And so, you know, the French Culinary Institute came around. 1984 was the first class of the school, okay? So cool. So I was, you know, 18 at the time, and Joe Allen said to me, there's a new school opening up, I think you should go to it. And I was like, school? <laughs> like, I, I was like, I, just got, I had just broken out of school, right. you know? And I was like, I don't want to go to school. And he's like, I think you should go to school so you can learn your trade. I was like, I'm not going to be that good at this because you either have it or you don't. And he, like, chuckled at me. Mm. He's like, you don't even know if you could be good at this because you don't know anything. Right. Like, you need to go to school (laughs) to learn the basics. Yeah. So long story short, I went to school. I was in the very first class of the French Culinary Institute. I did not, I had to go back and get my equivalency diploma, my GED, as they call Mm -hmm. it, because... Otherwise, they wouldn't let me into school. You need a high school diploma to go to school. Right. To French culinary. So I went to school. Just, just FYI, I just told this story on my Instagram account when Joe passed away. The day I was going to school, he handed me a check for my entire tuition and said, you don't owe me anything. I want to do this, and I, ho- you know, I hope this really works out for you. And he said to me, this profession will take you anywhere you want to go in the world. And at the time, I was like, I don't even know what this guy's talking about. Right. And I, now, obviously, I do know what he's talking about because that was the beginning of giving me an opportunity to be a good cook right there. And I didn't know it. I really didn't know it. And frankly, I wasn't even a good student there. <laughs> I mean, I just, I was a kid. I was like, yeah. I was so young. Sophie, you're 25. Mm-hmm. I was 19. I mean, think about that. Yeah. I was six years younger than you are now, yeah. you know? And, like, I was uh, still a wild kid, you know? It was just like, I, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of discipline or decorum. I was just sort of, you know, and... But somehow I, I, I picked up a lot of what, you know, I still practice today, which is the basics of French technique. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. 
As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. 
I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Turn this this way. So, so what I do is I cover the fish like this. I leave, leave some room, and then I just kind of make pleats in it so that it it actually. Yep. You kind of outline the it. shape of the fish almost. Yeah, you're sealing it. Just keep going around. You're making pleats. It's almost like you're making like a like a pie crust pleated. Yeah, yeah. You see that? Or like how you fold an omelet. Exactly. So this way, you know, if you have like six guests coming over, Sophie, you you do six little these little packages like this. And then you put it on top of a sheet tray or, you know, a baking sheet, sheet or something. Yeah. And, you know, 375, 400 degrees, something like that. And we're just going to put it in the oven. Great. And it's a filleted a fish that's probably going to take 15 minutes. Okay. So I'll set the timer. It feels a little foolproof. Well, it is. It's not that it's foolproof. I mean, you can certainly undercook it and overcook it. But it definitely, um, it gives you a little sense of security. Yeah. Is there really any other way to learn knife skills other than going to culinary school? Yeah, just do it a lot. But like, I feel like there's so many different small techniques in using a set of knives. You have to be taught. Yeah. Now that said, I mean, this is something I want to talk to you about, which is like, you know, it seems like everybody's learning how to do everything on YouTube. Right. Is is YouTube the new university? Like, what's going on? I do remember watching a an old Bon Appetit video and, and Molly Baz. I don't remember what she's making, but she, I learned how to, how to cut a shallot. She, ta- she like taught a shallot cutting technique. It's called ciselet. Okay. <laughs> which is a French term. It's basically, so, so did she, did you cut down through the shallot, but not towards the back yes. of it? And then, and then, and then turn your knife and then make slices yeah, the you, other way. Right, and, and then, then cut into down. it horizontally. Yeah, that's yes. how you cut an onion. But in shallot, when, when it's a shallot, for some reason, because it, it's small, it's called ciselet. The other one's called brunoise. But yeah, that's, that, that I watched on a YouTube, on, in a YouTube video. So there you go. Yeah. So, you, so you learned, you did learn how to use a knife doing it. I learned how to, how to cut a shallot. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure you can find whatever you want yeah. somewhere on the internet. Yeah, that's true. But... The thing about knives is that it's really interesting you bring that up because I can use a, f- a chef's knife and chop an onion or mushrooms or whatever I'm chopping and not even have to look down. I know, it's so freaky. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, hate I can it. be talking to you across the table. I know. And not look, but it's because of the technique. It's not because I'm some magician. <laughs> I mean, it's because you know, you're taught that you hide your, your fingertips underneath 
your knuckles so that so that basically the knife is just hitting it's just hitting the the side of your knuckles and it's just going straight down you you almost can't cut yourself unless you really try Ugh. but that takes experience it's uh, totally. one of those things you just have to do it a lot are you freaking out yeah oh what's the matter i just like hate <laughs> the idea of like oh blood knives cut it i can't Okay, so if you were to step into the French Culinary Institute and want to teach maybe a new technique that you think is fundamental, what would it be? Fundamental techniques. But something that's more modern. I mean, you just mentioned that you thought that's kind of an old school thing, maybe not necessarily necessary. What, what's something that, you know, is maybe a little slightly, slightly more modern? I mean... Slightly more moderate. I mean, like, I, I mean, here's the thing. So, like, so molecular gastronomy has become like a very important part of cuisine. Although, I think it's kind of faded a little bit. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. <laughs> I just don't. It yeah. was not. It was never like it, I wasn't against it. I was always curious about it. Yeah. I didn't always think that it tasted delicious. I thought it was cool. Right. I never learned it. <laughs> so you know, it's it, it. I like to cook from scratch. And what that means is that everything that I cook has a foundation. Mm-hmm. It starts with onions or shallots and garlic. There's a stock, there's wine in it. I create foundations of sauces. I always try to bring in my French technique foundation and then make it something new or something that I want to taste. What I think is missing in this country in terms of knowledge, this is gonna, people are going to say, oh yeah, of course you're saying that, chili peppers. Hmm. Because chili peppers are, yes, clearly a huge influence from Mexico, um, from lots of different places. I mean, I use chili peppers from Italy, Calabrian chilies. There's chilies from places like Peru, like Aji Amarillo. And, you know, there's, there's, there's chilies all over the world. But we have a lot of amazing chilies in America as well. Mm-hmm. All along the Southwest, you know, and of course, like Southern California, et cetera. Texas, there's chili peppers all over the place. And I really feel like they should be part of the American pantry, everybody's, because they are part of how we're eating a lot more today, which means tons of flavor. People want a little heat. They want that pepper background flavor. They want to bring impact to their food. And to me, there's no better way to do it than a chili pepper. Now, yeah, I mean, I've been cooking with those things for 30 something years. And so, you know, people might say, yeah, of course you're going to say that. But I think I think there's I think they're really important and I think very few people have a lot of knowledge about them. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About $6 million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous (laughs) of your generation that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is he breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. 
Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Come on. But you, before, asked me about mentorship. Who were some of your early mentors? You know, Jonathan Waxman. I always say that Jonathan was the first person to teach me about good food. Mm-hmm. I was already working in the restaurant business. I was, I was the chef at a restaurant when I was like 20 years old. I had no idea what I was doing. I just got, it was one of those things, and this happens a lot in the restaurant business, where like, all of a sudden you're standing there and like somebody gets fired or quits or something, and all of a sudden you're like, you're next in line, and you're like, they're like, Here's here's your apron, like you know it's time. Here's like you're in charge, right? And so I did it for like a year, but it was ter- I was not good. I mean, I, and and also like because I was inexperienced and not knowing what I was doing, I wasn't even hiring people that were good because I was a, I was intimidated to hire people that were better than I was. Oh, I see. Right? Yeah. So I had to come to terms with that, and then finally I was like, I, I just need to learn how to cook. This is insane. I, I should not be running a kitchen. This, and it was a busy restaurant on the Upper East Side. Yeah. And so then Jonathan tells a story about how he came in one night and he walked into the kitchen, like the owner like brought him into the kitchen and he was like, looked at me and like, I, he, 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 he tells a story how I looked like I was, I was like worn out, mm. like sitting in the, in the corner of the kitchen, just like, just beat up. <laughs> and I, I believe it, you know, cause right. I, was, I was just so stressed out. And then I went to work for him like a few months later as a line cook, just wanted to learn how to cook, you know, and Jonathan's restaurants. I went to work at Bud's first. Then I worked at a place called Jams that he had. And then a French bistro called Hulot's, all in New York City. Mm-hmm. This is long before you were born. And all the people that worked in these restaurants could really cook their asses off. And so that's how you, again, association, being around people who are good at what they do, is nothing like it. It's not just one person. Totally. It's always the environment that you're in. So that's why, you know... You go into a situation like that. I wasn't an experienced cook, but I knew the basics. Mm. So if somebody said to me, "I want you to make a beurre blanc, which is a it's a white wine butter sauce. It's one of the it's like people don't make them that much anymore, but it was it's a very classic, very basic French sauce, you know, and it's basically white wine and and butter. And like so, we'd go to I go to Jonathan's restaurant, and he was doing stuff like blood orange beurre blanc. Mm. Right? Yeah. And red pepper beurre blanc and things like that. So basically, when you think about that, I'm like, oh, I got it. Right. I know how to make a beurre blanc because I know the basics of making that sauce. And then I'm going to add blood orange to it. Right. Blood orange juice or syrup or whatever it's going to be. And I'm going to have a blood orange beurre blanc. So that's what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. in terms of learning the basics and the fundamentals at a culinary school. It's invaluable. Okay. Now, if I had gone to work for Jonathan without going to culinary school, I would have learned how to make a blood orange beurre blanc, but I'm not sure I would have been able to make a different beurre blanc going somewhere else. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do. Absolutely. Getting back to the question at the top of this podcast, school versus no school. I get asked all the time, should I go to school? And what do you say? I say yes. Because even though school is not a good subject to me in general, and even though I wasn't a great student at the French Culinary Institute, the things that I learned there, I still practice today. So like, in other words, if you're a young cook and you want to come work for me and you want to come to Amalfi, and you are dedicated to learning how to cook at Amalfi, I can teach you every one of those dishes. 
And so you will learn every single one of those dishes from start to finish. And over, if you put the time and you put the energy in, you will be able to cook those dishes as well as, as you possibly can. When you leave that restaurant, you will not know anything except those dishes. Right, okay. So when something <laughs> breaks down, a dish breaks down, doesn't work, something separates, whatever it is, you're not, there's a chance you're not gonna know how to fix it because you don't have the fundamentals and the basics. Right. Okay? So that's what it gives you. It doesn't make you a chef by going to culinary school, and that's a common mistake that people make. Just because you go to culinary school doesn't mean when you graduate you're now a chef. Mm-hmm. You, you literally, you have the tools for an entry-level job in a good restaurant, period. It's the beginning of the beginning, and it's important. Do you remember what your first day was like? My first day, yeah. The first day, the first day, this is, that's a really funny question, because the first day, there was no gas on. We couldn't get Con Ed to put the gas on. And this is like early 80s, right? And I knew how things got done in New York City. <laughs> so I finally said to the woman who owned it, Dorothy Hamilton, who unfortunately um, passed away at an early age, not too long ago. I said, Dorothy, you need to put some money in an envelope and give it to these guys. Oh, that's, that's our, that's our that's fish, fish. On, fish on papillote. You need, to, you need to put some money in an envelope and give it to these guys so they'll turn on the gas. I'm serious. Yeah. Like, that's, the way, that's the way it used to happen. I'm, I'm just telling you, Sophie. I believe you. So anyway, um, and Julia Child was coming to the school. What? On your first day? No, the, like literally at the third or fourth day, she was coming to do a story with Good Morning America. Wow. About this French... Um, this French school opening in New York City. Oh my God! This is 1984. Like we, like cuisine was not a thing in 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 America yet, and this was a very forward-thinking thing, you know. And we had no gas. We cooked on these little butane burner things for Julia Child. Oh, it's a it's a famous story. The French culinary. That the, is insane. Yeah, it was the beginning of the French culinary. <laughs> it was nuts. Um, all right, should I get the fish out? Yeah, get the fish. Okay, hold on. How's it looking? I think it's done. Great. See, what's great about this is I'm opening up the, uh, the parchment paper. It's a little crispy because it gets a little roasted. And you can actually serve it right in the paper on the plate so that the, all, the, all the broth from the fish. All the juices stay yeah, in. Yeah, and you know, I put a little lemon, little lemon juice and the wine in there. Now, Sophie, most of the time what I would do here is make some sort of like fresh, oh, so I could do like cherry tomatoes and basil or something like that. Yep. But I just want you to, I just want you to taste this. I put that, that za'atar. It's very hot, be careful. Okay. Mm. It's really good. You like it? Yeah, I like that seasoning a lot. The seasoning is good, but, but also it's like really juicy. It is really juicy. And it's like it sits in this, like, this little broth that it makes itself. Basically. Oh my God, it's so hot. Some water? <laughs> yeah. Yum, okay. We should do this more often. I know. Always Hungry is created by Bobby Flay and Sophie Flay. Our executive producer is Christopher Hasiotis. Always Hungry is produced, edited, and mixed by Jonathan Haas-Dressler. Always Hungry is engineered by Sophie Flay. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.